here at the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California, and boy was it. Hey everyone, this is Liza, and this is uh, Corona Cast number, what is it, are we on like seven or something, eight? (laughs) It's been a a long time now. It really doesn't matter anymore. It's like the day of the week, it just, it doesn't matter. Uh, We're we're getting better at it. Hey everyone, uh, with me today, we've got Bagel. Hey everybody. It's Groundhog Day. Is it? <laughs> or is that what you call your mom? <laughs> it is Mother's Day. Don't forget. <laughs> I did wish her happy Mother's Day, though. Also with it, uh, Miss Emily Oatmeal Raisin, also known as Miss Emma. Hello, darling. And today is Mother's Day. And I would like to say happy Mother's Day to my dear old mom. Um, who is back in England, and she's 92. Wow. She blimey. Blimey. She hasn't, blimey. Left her, she hasn't left her apartment for six weeks. Oh, um, no. So happy. Oh, you just knocked your mic out, Emma. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's gone. No, don't don't shout louder. It doesn't work. You pu- unplugged it by accident. <laughs> yeah, it's unplugged. She's still talking, just so you know. She's oh. still talking. You got to plug it back in, Emma. There you go. Oh, yeah, she'll figure it out. Also with us, uh, Naked Jim, who would like to apologize to anyone who watched uh, the show, our, our Vimeo, or our, sorry, our Zoom cast last week, or he would like to say you're welcome to anyone who was aroused by it. Naked Jim. Woohoo! You can all go see it on Pornhub. It's there. <laughs> Uh, hashtag evil can evil. Uh, yeah, word, word word to your moms. I've come to drop bombs. Yes, you did. <laughs> I'm excited. Tonight's gonna be a really fun podcast. I'm kind of giggly. I gotta say, <laughs> it was a highlight. The only the only reason I wasn't pissed off about having to do that whole movie thing was our guest tonight. Ah, nice. Well, let's get to our guest tonight. Uh, this is now what is this your fourth time on the show? Third, I think so. Th- third time? One, two. It's Jocelyn Snow. <laughs> I am so happy to be back. Thank you for having me. And I am excited to talk about the NEBDR today. Yeah, NEBDR. And you brought your friend Jarrett uh, to join us. Hey, Jarrett, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here. Uh, this is my first podcast. Mm. I'm a little nervous, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> But heck, we're talking about BDRs, and that's something that I'm passionate about. So I'm thankful and happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, adventure riding, all the good stuff. So, um, Jocelyn, last time we talked to you, I think we were doing the follow-up on the GS Trophy. And life has gone on. And that's, uh, you know, I think a question that a lot of people, once they've done the GS Trophy, because you can't go do it again, what's next? And you've been busy as all get out. And in the middle of all this, you did a thing, which is pretty cool. You want to tell everyone what you did? Well, I've done a lot of things. The <laughs> one that we're here, you're here to talk about tonight is the thing. Oh, oh my God. God. Oh, my God. I, well, hold on. Now I kind of want to know all these other things because you turned red. 
what things have you been doing? I was like, how did she find out about that thing? <laughs> this just got really interesting. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, you know, I have certainly had a lot of incredible opportunities since the GS Trophy. Um, and the, the one of the more recent ones was I was able to go with the film crew on the Northeast BDR, which is an, <clears throat> just absolutely fantastic route and we filmed the movie and it just came out in um february right yeah and so you want to tell everyone what n-e-b-d-r stands for yes the northeast bdr (laughs) (laughs) you're waiting for something else right (laughs) okay just kidding the northeast backcountry discovery route it's it's understandable Oh, I thought it was something else. That is back road. Just dis- wait. What BDR? Back route discovery route. What? Oh. <laughs> all I know is I I googled it. I I really can't say what came up. That's all I'll say. <laughs> so it is the backcountry mm-hmm. discovery route, and so each uh each year they put out a new route. Mm-hmm. And so this year we have the Northeast BDR, and so we call it the NEBDR, which is the NEBDR. Um, I think uh, the year previous to that, we had the Mid-Atlantic BDR, the California BDR. So we have the CA BDR, MA BDR, which got Nevada, Idaho, New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, Colorado, Washington. So 10 BDRs. Yeah, and so the BDR, this is fascinating to me when I discovered that this existed. So there are routes that they're creating, much of which is off-road, but that continues on a path. It's not like you go to a dirt bike park, ride around, and then come back. So this is one long trip that involves... sections of dirt some are hard some are easy um but also small towns a lot of americana just stuff like that uh paved roads um it's it's a, an amazing way to discover uh more of america so i really enjoyed this film and it was uh, not just a, an entrant into our Santa Cruz Moto Film Festival, it tied for first place for Woo-hoo! feature film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Woo, that's awesome. Yeah, Bagel's wearing the shirt for the film festival right there. Yeah. The film festival that didn't happen. <laughs> well, it happened. Yeah, it it happened. Um, so good news, bad news. Yeah, the film festival got canceled, and because a lot of these films are not available to the public, um, you are know, not available online. Um, we, we couldn't show them, um, but everyone here, uh, all the misfits were judges, so they've all seen the film, and I loved it. Um, one of the reasons I loved it, though, Jocelyn, was you, not just because I know you, but because <laughs> you brought the shit talking to adventure right. riding. <laughs> it was so awesome. Exactly, right, Jared? What, I yeah. mean... Oh my God! You were giving well, it a shit. And, and Jocelyn, I mean, if I could add, it 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 was the highlight of the film for me because <laughs> it's just Jocelyn trash talking. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we had a bunch of great people on the route, and um, there were two of us that were guests. So myself on the BMW twelve hundred, and then Mike Lafferty, who is a eight 
two-time, you know, KTM, you know, national champion. Um, talk about intimidation. So he showed up as a guest on a KTM 790. So we kind of had the blue and orange thing going on, really all in fun, just just playing. And it kind of got we it caught on and next thing you knew we had you know everybody's giving everyone a hard time and and we're pranking each other and i don't even know and i hope he doesn't listen to this <laughs> with mike lafferty every every day i would unzip his camelback and put more rocks in the bottom <laughs> of it and stick it back up <laughs> and so i'm assuming he was getting tired as a matter of fact i think in the film he says on the last day he's like no oh, I'm, i'm really looking to get in going home i'm i'm kind of i'm kind of tired <laughs> that's awesome hey we're, yeah, there's a, we're, we're being joined by mike you there mike i think so yo award-winning hey, mike, mike is with us hey mike hey hi mike how you doing so yeah my favorite though um uh, as you're saying he was riding the the 790 enduro and you kept referring to it as his little toy well you know first i gotta say that Mike Lafferty is a phenomenal rider and as was everyone else on this route. So I really had to go rolling in with my A game. Um, and the intimidation is having him behind you. So I dealt with it by giving him a hard time, making fun of his uh, smaller bike, you know, and really just, just playing. And we had the banter back and forth. And when, It, the film crew collects all of this footage over, you know, a nine or 10 day period. They could kind of put this movie together really however they see fit. And I, I think it's pretty awesome that, that Sterling Orange decided to, to highlight all of this fun and crazy teasing that was going on and turn it into quite a, uh, a film. And, and there was, it was funny, I think, and, and silly. And then you saw we had some struggles. Um, there was, you know, some drama and, uh, and a whole lot of just, just awesome writing. So well, let's I have a question, Jocelyn. There was one scene in the movie where you guys were going up an uphill and kind of came over this thing and he clears it. And it was fun when they took the time to let him show off and they said, Hey, we're letting him show off. It was cool. But you bang the crap out of this tree, like caught it square on with your bat, with your saddle bag there. And I was like, Holy moly, you saved it. You get off and you guys are talking and you totally gave him a hard time. It was hilarious. Yeah, that's right. Can you describe that's what right. was it like hitting the tree? First of all. Well, so I didn't even know it happened. I just knew that he was coming and I was trying to get up the hill ahead of him. And I'm trying to pick my line and, you know, let's add in that everywhere you turn, there's a cameraman or a still photographer or a drone in front of me and, you know, no stress. Um, and so I'm going up this, this hill and I'm trying to pick the best line and I completely forgot that I have an extra, you know, 12 inches hanging off each end of the bike with these big boxes. And all I know is I heard this bang and the whole bike like moved over to one side. I thought it was Mike Lafferty coming after me, but um, <laughs> yeah, I just didn't look. I just stayed on the throttle and kind of like kept going and, and luckily pulled it off. But yeah, that's, and, that's crazy. And then you made fun of him on his little bike. <laughs> yeah, I did. Because <laughs> I said, <laughs> 
you know, he's like, well, I don't know why you're going up there hitting trees. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, look, I got these boxes. I mean, with you and your little boy, I mean, that's not going to hit any trees. Look at that terrifying. <laughs> but just, just in fun, really. But I'll tell you, my, I had uh, a Toratech uh, boxes and, and Toratech uh, box racks and, and they they got bent because it was quite a hit but you know we bent them right back into place and put the boxes back on and finished off the rest of the ride so that was pretty cool so there's, there's more oh, I, oh i'm sorry liza i was gonna say there's more highlights i'm gonna get to but first let's cover some of the basics like how many days this was and where you guys traveled from and to the route sure yeah well you know the the filming usually takes a little bit longer than the actual ride itself, of course, um, <laughs> it, because of everything involved where you have to kind of turn around, go back, do it again. So I believe we were riding for about 10 days. Um, we started down in New York. And that was day one uh, and worked our way uh, all through the New England states up to the Canadian border. Uh, yeah, it was quite the trip. <laughs> and it was beautiful. I mean, the fall leaves uh, were amazing in this, too. So this, when, when was the yeah, shot? That so, was a total stunning, uh, all yeah. the leaves and everything changing color. Mm -hmm. What a cool thing to watch as they're going through that countryside. That's one of my favorite things is watching that, that uh, seasonal change on that BDR. You know, I'm kind of curious, what was the writing like? Because out here, a lot of the writing in the Sierras, it's dry, it's powdery, or it's mud, or it's desert. What's it like writing in New England? Like, if we were to go back there, what are the trails like? You know, that's a great question. And and what I want to say is each BDR kind of has its own sort of style. For instance, if you're going to go ride the California BDR, you've got, you know, there's a little bit of desert area, there's some sand. It kind of, I mean, even though there's different terrain and there's course street and off-road, you get, it sort of has a little bit of all the same, if you will. Going on the Northeast BDR, um, I believe I described it at one point, it was, uh, it's like a variety pack. Anything that you could want with a dual sport ride or an adventure ride was in there. Um, when we started off in Hancock, uh, you know, you're going to New York and you've got kind of a, a little bit of different people, different roads, you know, different terrain, different dirt. Worked our ways um, up up the states and we got into, I think, I want to say like Vermont. Once we got into Vermont, we got into some class four roads that were much more technical, um, deep in the woods. Then we pop in into New Hampshire, things calm down a bit, but you know, you get the cool stores and we had um, I, I just, it was like, it was it's so hard to explain, <laughs> but so much stuff, so much variety. Uh, the writing itself was, what, what do you want? We had mud, we had rocks, we had sand, we had hill climbs, we had winding roads, just kind of smooth pavement going through. And the further north we got, the more colorful the, the foliage got. Uh, I think the final day as we're coming through Maine, it was like everything just absolutely popped. And you asked, you know, when did we do the ride? It was the very end of September, which I think is a, is a great time to ride the route. Um, as the leaves hadn't fallen yet, but, but they were already starting to change color. It, it was just, just 
just magnificent. I mean, I want to say I've done some VDRs, but this one I believe is probably one of my favorites. Something else that I really enjoyed, as you said, throughout the movie, the as the leaves were changing and become brighter and brighter, so was your accent. It was getting <laughs> stronger and stronger. <laughs> Did you guys all catch that, right? Oh yeah. You can you can hear it evolving throughout the film. Okay. You even made a comment. Didn't you, you even yeah. make a comment about that? I did. And and I have to say, like, it kind of surprised me as much as it did everyone else. So it it's like, you know, if I call my mom today, say happy Mother's Day, you know, all of a sudden just talking to her and then my main accent starts crawling back, you know, and, and it takes about an hour for it to wear off. So I try not to call my mom before I go to work or something like that. <laughs> well, you know, as we're riding this route, it's a lot of small towns and back roads and you're, and you're meeting some very interesting people, little general stores. Um, and they're, their stories are, are pretty interesting. And, and I think honestly, that's the best part of adventure writing for me is, is the locals. And so I sit down with them and have, you know, 10, 15 minute conversation as long as I could before it was time for us to go. And then it would leave the conversation and nobody wanted to talk to me on my set of headset. And everybody's like, no, we're, we're good. We, we got three of us hooked up. You're, you're fine. <laughs> because the main accent was just getting like worse and worse and worse. Or should I say better and better. I got to the point where it was wicked bad. <laughs> yeah, it was wicked, wicked bad. Wicked. Um, yeah, and so not only I, I want to get into um, you know the the challenge parts of the ride, but some of the other things that were great about this again going through the small towns, and there was even that little store that uses the honor system, where you that, just, you yeah. just pay for something. There's no one there manning the store. Honestly, that, those were the coolest things yeah. ever. I hadn't hadn't seen anything like that even originally being from you know the East Coast. The first time we pulled in, the first one we stopped at had uh, meat. So from this this big farm, and they had you know, hamburger, bacon, you name it. It was all packed in a freezer. You just go in, you go through everything, pick what you want. Oh, and the maple butter. Oh, that was like, oh, that was so good. Um, and just stick some money in a slot in the wall, and you leave. Like, how cool is that? Um, and then there was the ice cream one where you go in, and they have all these this giant cooler full of homemade ice cream and now i want to say you go into this building for those who haven't seen the movie i mean the building is the size of a bathroom probably right yeah. <laughs> on the inside. and it's just there on the side of the road um and it's an honor system so pick whatever you want and leave money like that's cool how do you think something like that would go in california with ice cream probably not very good <laughs> you know what <laughs> I think a lot you of can, IOUs. I think you can find places in every state that support that because the whole point is you are out in the small towns. You're away from the cities where people trust each other. And that is a way of life. And that was really cool to experience that. You got something, Jim? Yeah, I was going to say, um, back to the film and the festival, um, the, the movie was great. It was definitely more produced than the other films. Um but the only reason I ranked it is, and I'll be honest, I didn't, it wasn't my, my number one choice um, because you guys had a lot of resources to draw from. And it was a beautiful movie without a doubt. It was gorgeous. Probably the most beautiful movie, but Jocelyn, I'm going to fanboy a little bit um, <laughs> without you. It would have been a lot lower. And the reason I say that is because 
one of the reasons I am on the side, I ranked things higher was that I want to go ride motorcycles after I watched that movie. And after I watched it, you can see a bunch of dudes on ADV bikes, bump, you know, riding around. Yeah, that's cool. But you can see that anywhere. But so here's the one scene that blew me away. When you met this dude in upstate New York and he was like, hadn't been riding for a while. He was a Harley guy. And you talked to him. You, you were like, I kind of came to tears. I did too in the movie. I'm like, oh my God, dude, this, this, this cracker back in Love State, New York somewhere, like whatever. Me and I'm bonding with Jocelyn on this movie. Yes, like, anyway, I was I inspired by that. <laughs> Thank you. And and really that that's the reason why I do this stuff is to inspire others. That's that's my mission. Um, and you're you're already getting me cracked up, but I'm starting to tear up. But meeting that guy at the beginning of the route. It was pretty awesome, and, and he had a cane. He had had an injury, so he hadn't been on his Harley in a while. And, you know, they're all sitting inside this little, it's like a little mom-and-pop store slash gas station, and there's a bunch of stools near the window where all the locals go and sit and have coffee and look out the window and see what's going on. And I went in and just started talking to him, and he was fascinated by all these bikes, you know, and I said, well, you just wait. Cause when this route comes out, you're gonna make a lot more friends. And, but he came out to check the bikes out and, and he said, I, I gotta tell you, like, I love riding, like almost like he'd forgotten. And this reminds me, and I'm going to tell you what I am going to, I'm going to get my Harley out and I'm going to ride. I'm going to ride. And next time you come up here, you come in here because we're going to ride. And I mean, it got me. I, I was so, because it, it, it touched him, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it inspired him. And, and that's what this is about. So shortly after we had done the filming, uh, Tim, who was kind of the part of the expedition team, he was like the leader. This was his route that he put on. He went back up that area. He has a cabin in that area. And he was, he talked to man and he's like, where's that girl on the bike? You know, I'm, I'm ready for her to come back up through. So I, that's what this is about, you know, and thank you for, I'm glad that that was your favorite part because I think that was one of my favorite parts as well. Some of my other favorite parts are stuff that was not in the movie. <laughs> oh, tell more. Oh, Do no. tell. We're, we're going to get to some of that. I want to go back and cover some of the basics again. So the whole point of the BDR, and if you want to learn more about these, you can go to ridebdr.com. And the whole point is that they create these routes that you can then go and do. They've figured it out for you. So um, what kind of um, skill level... Oh, hi, Jim. They're looking for you. What kind of um? What kind of? They might come by my house now. <laughs> oh, it's in your. It's on your block, not mine. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they just went by looking for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what kind of skill level does it take to do these routes, and what kind of bike do you have to have? Like, could Bagel do it on his scooter? You know, Bagel, Bagel, a lot of people could definitely do it on the scooter. <laughs> you know. Um, what what I love about the BDRs is there's a lot of there's a lot of variety. Um, they're they're not too difficult. Some of the more challenging sections are options. Okay, and so if a section 
requires more of an expert rider, then they usually have a workaround. You don't necessarily have to go that way. That's an expert section. So there's a bypass. Um, and with that said, I think really the only thing to think about is you want to make sure that you have a, a bike that can carry some fuel um, and, and what the fuel capacity is on the bike and also carry some gear and some tools. And uh, if not, then you want to carry some fuel with you, some auxiliary fuel. Uh, also, I, I think it's important to go with another rider. So definitely don't do a BDR alone, but take a riding buddy with you. And if there are a couple of you, I honestly, I think just about anybody can, can do a BDR. Now, some of the backcountry discovery routes are a little bit easier than others. So, for instance, uh, let's say I just got an adventure bike. I want to get into riding. I, I heard about this nonprofit, the backcountry discovery routes. They kind of do all the work for me. They plan all the stops, the route set up. I can download the GPS off ridebdr.com for free, and I'm going to go – and, and try one of these, which one should I try? Um, and it, of course it depends where you are, you know, maybe you're on a budget and you have only a certain amount of time and, and you want to try a BDR that's close to you. But uh, for instance, the, the Mid-Atlantic BDR is one of the easier ones, in my opinion. I, I think it's more scenic and a little bit less technical. But then who's say it's not going to have maybe rain and then it's going to be muddy and all of a sudden that one becomes one of the more technical routes. So, um, I just think you need to be a confident enough rider to, uh, be safe and, and definitely ride with a friend. Now, speaking of hard splits and easy splits, you encountered some of these one in particular that was caught in the film where you, you struggled a bit, the hill. So, I think. What, what's it called? Heartbreak Hill or something? I had a name for it, but we won't yeah. say it. <laughs> they, were, they were calling it Hero Hill. Or, Hero Hill, that's it. But let me tell you how that went. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, let's hear the story. Here we go. <laughs> Inside scoop. All right. So that was uh, Section 8 in Maine. Here's what happened. We all show up at the beginning of this trail. And when I say all, I mean we had, I don't know, a few camera people, um, the drone guy. We had uh, Tim who was in charge of it. It was just the whole group. And all of a sudden, more than half of the bikes started turning off a different way. And I'm sitting there with Mike Lafferty, myself, uh, and two others, and and I'm like, where, where, where's everyone going? What, what's happening right now? Where, where, where are we? Why are we splitting off? Oh, you're fine. You're in the right place. They said. I'm like, no, like I don't understand what what's happening because I'm like, I think I was the only one without a GPS, you know. And uh, I said, well, I don't, I don't understand. They said, oh, you're fine. You're just coming with us. Oh yeah, it was a setup. It was a setup. <laughs> so we start down this technical section that I don't think I would hike down. And the, the rocks were bigger than the biggest watermelon you ever saw. And they're ro huge rolling rocks all over the place. That's, I think you see me like the bike's down and I've kind of got one foot up on the rock and I put my hands in a cross and I'm just like, oh boy, this is going to get gnarly. And we get all the way down to the bottom of this big V. And guess what? At the bottom of the V, you can look up to the top of the hill that you had to climb out of this V. 
and there's everyone else sitting at the top of the hill waving at us like, oh, look at you. You're going to climb this. You, you can't know, do it. <laughs> That's the real story. <laughs> yeah, wow. you were set up. But, um, <laughs> hey, but you did it. And, I mean, is it one of those things where you feel better for for accomplishing that? Yes. Um, you know, it definitely was technical. Uh, I would have loved for it to go a lot differently, just get in there and, and climb it and, you know, maybe show like Laverty up or something. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, you know, I had to really dig deep and uh, I struggled. I struggled up that section. I, I would love to go back. I'm going to go back. I would love to ride this section, but I, I guess if they're going to remove it, I, I won't be able to, but um you know, it hasn't left me. It kind of haunts me. I think about, oh, I should have taken this line. I should have right. taken that line. But, you know, it's important to conquer something like that. I, I definitely wouldn't. I don't think I would have turned around. That's for sure. <laughs> Mike, you have a question? Yeah, I do. Um, I have a couple. Um, first of all, I saw um, right in the beginning, it looked like you guys were in uh in the city well actually yeah manhattan i just have commentary on on the whole the, the whole thing because i'm listening to what you're saying and then i'm watching it and then i'm also reviewing like the way that we've seen stuff get filmed that appears to be a certain way but it's actually done another way it looks to me like most of the um you know when you're watching the film you're like oh damn these guys are riding all day and all night and then you're complaining about not getting up early enough at one point for the full day and I'm just wondering, are the routes actually, you know, like say if you were to take the routes as they're or laid out, would you be riding from dusk till dawn? Or is it more like for the, for the sake of, you know, you guys are filming, like a lot of times they'll, they'll take these really great spots and be like, all right, everybody stop and then set up a whole little thing. And it looks like you're just ripping by, but maybe you do it like three times and then wait for another person. And then you kind of keep stopping and going. But if you're just like a normal person doing the VDR, are you able to just kind of rip through and get back at a decent time to your campsite or is it still gone? I mean, did you guys just rip through and film as you were going? That's a great question, Mike. Thank you for that. Um, th it depends on a lot of different things. What kind of bike are you riding? How many riders do you have? Uh, you know, you get the larger the group, sometimes the more the complication, you get a flat tire or we have a bike issue. So that of course can slow you down. What, what is the weather like? You know, if you try to go now, you're going to get into some snow that's going to slow you down. Um, and it really, it depends on a lot. It depends on the pace of the rider. And that's why we break it up into different sections. So the Northeast BDR has eight sections. And if you purchase a Butler map, I think I have one around here. Um, you purchase a Butler map, there it is. Then... You, you can plan you can plan your route and, and make sure that you have enough time and just think about how many people are going to be with you now for us you're exactly right we we had to turn around and do a section again and again and again and again get a different camera angle maybe add in the drone um, so definitely filming this in my opinion takes longer than writing it. There you go. Jim, did you have a question? Um, um, wait, wait, I had a second. I wanted to, I had a second question too. So you guys were talking about, um, like right in the beginning, you just had like one shot of New York and it was really going over like, it was Brooklyn Bridge or something. But um, I'm just curious because I, I, when I was watching this, I didn't know, 
I thought this was like one of those uh, uh, things that, that, that we do sometimes where it's like uh, the KTM Adventure Ride in Yosemite where you're on a, a lead ride with a bunch of people and it's kind of a pre-planned date. But it sounds to me like I'm completely wrong that like anybody can go and do this at any point in time. Just You're just giving all the information out. But then like, I saw you guys in New York. I didn't show you guys riding through Manhattan, which is probably a, a good idea. Because, I mean, that's a scene, you know, a bunch of sport riders all geared up with the, you know the, the boxes and stuff like riding through Manhattan fighting the fucking uh, taxis and shit you know so you're just like nice clean shot over the Brooklyn Bridge and the next thing you know you're in upstate New York or Westchester <laughs> that was good. Uh, magic yeah yeah magic, it's, yeah, magic. <laughs> Emma go ahead Jocelyn I've got a question for you and you you kind of broached on it very very early on in the interview you said you kind of felt a little bit of pressure because there's cameras, there's photographers, there's drones everywhere. And I know you're no stranger to pressure. I mean, the GS Trophy is similar but different because the GS Trophy, it's a competition. Did you feel this was different because this is kind of almost being driven by the pace of the filming? rather than the pace of the trail itself. You know, did you feel under pressure? Especially because you were kind of introduced, you and Mike were introduced as celebrities from the outset. I get that a lot. That's a yeah, oh, I know you do, Mike. <laughs> so I definitely felt pressure right away uh, because I, I felt like I had a reputation, like, oh, right. Jocelyn Snow is coming. And, I mean, honestly, I would have rather it had been like somebody that nobody knew so then there was no expectations and i could just ride the best i could ride um but you know together it's like oh they would say well let's let's let the fast guys get go through and you know let the heroes go through and and there was a, a lot of pressure with the gs trophy you know or there, there's pressure because it's competition somewhat. Um, it, it's a team thing. It's a once in a lifetime thing. There are some cameras, but from one day to the next with over, I don't know, 80 riders, if you do something silly and lose control of your bike and crash, everyone's forgotten about it by nighttime. If I do something silly with my bike and crash, it goes on a DVD and people <laughs> put it, you know, next to their TV and they hang on to it for life. So right. um, when when the when the filming first started, I remember telling myself, whatever whatever I do, whatever I do, I just I just can't crash because that's gonna be like locked in on the DVD and people are gonna go, yeah, you, I saw you like looking down and taking a stupid line. And so, um, yeah, I think this was definitely more more stressful. That was a great question, and it didn't help that on the second or third day when I had that gnarly crash, I bent my forks like oh. a lot, <clears throat> and we didn't know that. So we didn't know, but all I knew is after that, the bike just wanted to throw itself on the ground. So, you know, you heard me talk about, well, my bike this or my bike that. <laughs> you know, I didn't understand why the bike wasn't working that well. And um, it wasn't until, see, so after the BDR finished, I ended up in Maine. I spent a couple of days with my mother, which was great. And then I think I flew to 
Colombia. Oh no, I that's when I flew to New, New Zealand, I right. guess, right? So that was like mm-hmm. boom, boom, boom. There's so much going on. Um, and it was when I came back from New Zealand, the shipping company said, Oh, we've got your bike, and they delivered it. I thought, awesome. Thank you. Left it in the driveway, off they went. I jump on the bike to go put it in the garage and I almost crashed. And I thought, what the heck is wrong? I forgot how to ride. Like, what is wrong with this bike? And I put it up on the lift. And I know Emma's rolling her eyes at me right now. Like, geez, Jocelyn, how did you not know your portrait man? They were so bent. And the wheel would catch as you spun it. So, oh, my God. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think that that made things a little more difficult. <laughs> yeah, so, but I actually... I feel you, Jocelyn, because I've got a reputation too. And certainly when I'm on the Misfits, especially if Mike's walking around with a camera or Jim's walking around with a camera, or if I work on any of the Misfits bikes, whether it's at the Misfits or at the show I work at, I'd better better bring my A game. Because if I mess up a little bit, you know, it's, it's like, it's Miss Emma. Miss Emma doesn't mess up bikes. So right. I, yeah, but I'm only filming to catch your darkest moments. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, you like, I'm not me really I'm trying to, I don't give a fuck about a light and airy film. I'm trying to fuck you up. No, yeah, film, no, you know what I mean? No, Mikey, Mikey's seen me at my worst, at my darkest yeah. moods. <laughs> yeah, I shared a room with you in Portland. Yeah, exactly. I've definitely seen your worst. That's yeah, I know. I know. And then that was when Emma slept in the bathtub that night. I was there. He <laughs> said she thought I was dying in my sleep. No, no. <laughs> I can hear you snore from you the know, I had to go to a doctor after that. You're fucked up. Well, I got to come hang out with you guys. <laughs> I got I gotta, a couple of things I want to say is is one, Emma, you, you, Emma did work on my FC1. Mine and Emma, we have a love child. It's a 2012 Yamaha FC1. And yeah. Emma took care of yeah, it this weekend, cool. so thank you very much. Oh, you're um, so welcome. Oh, my God, it's amazing. But a couple of selfish questions. One is, uh, do you guys have experience in Utah? I do. I have a little experience in Utah. Okay. Oh. If you had a couple of days to ride in Utah, where would you ride? On, on would, little bikes, on 250 dirt bikes. I would, I would ride the White Rim Trail. That would be my spot to go. Cool. Okay, second question, and um, no, I'm not playing here. This is I got this is serious business. I got Jocelyn Snow on the line here. Oh my, Jocelyn, you will know this question. Where is the NorCal BDR, please? The NorCal BDR? Yeah, there's not one, right? There's not one at this time. And I don't understand it because I've seen plenty of pictures you of you doing gorilla riding. On the beaches and the beautiful Sierra Mountains on that like, big old motorcycle. Like Carmel. I'm like, how is she doing that? I think she's keeping it a secret. There's, there never will be a NorCal. Yeah. Right. Maybe the question is, when's the NorCal? But I'm yeah. curious, will there be a NorCal ride? There definitely will be a NorCal ride. It's in the works for sure. I can promise you that. Um, the next route that we're working on that we're supposed to be filming um, this year, but I don't know what's going to happen with the COVID, is going to be the Wyoming BDR. Mm. <laughs> and so they invited me back. <laughs> what's, what's that going to be like, Wyoming? I don't know. <laughs> 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 Stay <laughs> tuned. 
If it's going anywhere through the southwest of the state, the scenery is absolutely spectacular. Yes. <laughs> a lot like uh, Utah and uh, uh, Western Colorado, Arizona. So I have another question for you. Um, on the any BDR route, is there a concern about running into bears? <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> I see where this is going. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you the bear spray story, and I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you the inside bear spray okay. story that did not make the movie, so you get the real story. Um, okay. Well, I'm packing for this. As you know, I was going to all over the place, traveling all over the place um, after Mongolia. So now all of a sudden I'm, I've got to get ready for this NEBDR. i got to ship my bike out. But I didn't have time. I wasn't home. I'm trying to run my business. I'm riding all over the world. And so I think I had about maybe a couple hours to prepare my bike for shipping. And the last time I had used those boxes, I had taken them to Alaska. So there were a can of bear spray on the on the pannier box which was from alaska and i i'm like oh i'm just gonna take it off and i looked and it was all riveted the bracket was all riveted on and now forget it i'll just ship it like that um so yeah so i showed up and they were like wow dawson brought bear spray it was a big <laughs> joke in the beginning you know like what are you gonna need that for and i thought well no you never know maybe i see a bear i'm not sure so um, if you watch the film, you know, you'll see uh, there was a time when uh, Ina had crashed and had gone. Uh, she was flying. Oh, she was right. Catching a, oh, amazing. Into rider. the woods, right? Yes. Yeah, she was ahead of all of us. We yeah. couldn't even catch up to her dust trail. Uh, but I guess it was a tight turn. She missed the turn and, and went into the woods and we, we missed her. So it was a scary moment for all of us. She's so tough. She gets back on the bike like it's nothing, and, and yeah, I'm good, and let's keep riding, right? But Mike and I, Mike Lafferty and I stop, and he says to me, hey, listen, um, we don't need to be doing that. That was scary, so let's slow down. And, you know, what I tease him. I'm like, oh, you, you want to slow down? And, you know, and he's like, no, but, but seriously. And, and I said, yeah, you know, you're right. Let's. Let's not have any more accidents. So we came like way off the pace for about a minute or two. <laughs> and I was leading and I saw a cameraman uh, kind of crouched down behind a big bump in the dirt road. And I thought, well, that looks like a jump to me. So I <laughs> throttled in uh, quite a bit. I pinned it, actually. Um, and by the time I got to that thing, that bike launched. And I thought, this is going to be the superstar shot. It's going to look so awesome on the DVD, the movie you watch this. And all of a sudden, I look, and there's another one. <clears throat> and my front wheel comes down in front of the second, like, bump water bar. And the bike does a two full somersaults in the air without touching the ground barely touching i had a scratch on the windshield scratch on the tail scratch on the windshield scratch on the tail and i got spit off like a rag doll then the bike turns sideways and goes another 37 feet uh till it goes off the bank a bit and my blue crash bars were pushed 
through the motor, right? I mean, this this bike was just it left it left a blue mark on the rocks. As a matter of fact, anyone that goes on the DR <laughs> look for yeah. the blue rock and finds that area. Look up in the tree. If they mm-hmm. take a selfie with my blue crash bar that we hung up in the tree, um, that yeah, is awesome. I'll send them something special. So the bike goes down. Of course, here's Mike. I, I get up. I dust myself off. I run over to the bike. Mike Lafferty runs over the bike. And in, in no time flat, I think there's eight of us. And we're all leaning to the bike. And the bike's going. <laughs> and I was like, what? What is that? I popped the tire? Like, what's that noise? What's happening? And then this smoke starts rising up from the bike. And I'm going, it's on fire. It's on fire. It's on fire. And they're, they're like, no, what is it? I can't figure it out. And all of a sudden, we're burning. So the, the bear spray blew open. And oh, got me, right? oh, my God. So we're like spitting and coughing and stopping. We were like Corona, right? We're just like everyone coughing and, and wiping our face. And I thought, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. And I, I ran and got a baby wipes, and we're washing our face with the baby wipes. Well, I don't know. If it, has any, have any of you guys ever tried this? Bear spray in the face? No? No? Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. I have. <laughs> Not uh, good. No. <laughs> and don't try so, to clean it up with alcohol. <laughs> right. So yeah. these baby wipes, they intensified the burn. Mm. And it got so, so bad. Um, as you saw in the movie, or if you haven't, you will see, we, we fixed the bike with a Bud Light can. <laughs> get that all done. And it's holding oil. Everything's mm. great. And I'm ready to continue up uh October mountain was the next thing. And the, the group made a decision. No, it's a little risky if the bike were to fall back on that same side. So we're going to send Jocelyn back with Mike, the mechanic to go back to the gas station. And we're going to call the chase truck and we're going to pick the bike up. So he's rolling his tools up and taking his gloves off and putting all the stuff away. And he goes to take a leak and he saw and gets on his bike. But he didn't tell anyone what happened. And so he's following me and I'm heading back to the gas station. It's about 15 minutes back. And I'm looking in my rearview mirror, making sure he's still with me. And I'm looking at he's all crouched over on his bike. And I was like, what's wrong with him? So, Hating life. I, 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 I slowed down and I, I'm kind of looking and he's like laying on the tank a little bit. He's, I'm like, well, okay. I don't know what's going on. Let's just get to the gas station. We get there. I get off the bike. I walk over. I'm like, are you okay? And he's like, my Balls are on fire. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, you know. And he's like, I'm not staying. I'm going back. I, I, I just, I just gotta go. And he just left. And I thought, wow, okay. So I didn't want the chase truck driver to get any bear spray on him. So I quickly got on my phone. I figured I had about 20 minutes before they got here, and I found a car wash exactly around the corner like walking distance so i ride the bike over to the car wash and it's one of those you know open bays so there's like six bays going on and they're pretty busy and i go into the center bay set the bike up take my helmet and stuff out of the way 
I swipe my credit card because I'm like, I'm going to wash it for 20 minutes, you know? And I start spraying this thing with a power uh, washer, right, on the soapy hard spray, you know? And remember, the mist and the water, this cloud starts rising again from the bike. (laughs) And all of a sudden, worse than ever, I I mean, I'm on all fours, hands and knees, I've got snot coming out of my mouth. My my eyes are kind of closed, but I won't release the power wand. I have it on the bike and I just keep, I'm like on my, on the ground, I'm getting wet. I'm like, I'm not going to go. And all of a sudden I hear from the right bay, this guy's coughing. (laughs) And I, I, I hear from the, Left Bay, this this woman's coughing and they're coughing and they're coughing. I'm like, oh no! Oh you my know? gosh! And I kind of like feel a presence. I and I look up and I'm trying to open my eyes and I see like the silhouette of a man from the right bay, and I'm just like, yeah, there's like something in the air, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway. Be careful oh, if you're gonna bring bear spray along. <laughs> that is crazy. Uh, yeah, that is pretty crazy. So, um, and I wanted just to take a quick opportunity just uh, to give a plug to the BDR again. RideBDR.com is where you can go to find out more information. The movie that we're talking about, NEBDR, it is available in some places right now and it will be more available soon so jocelyn what's the story on that well right now you can buy the dvd at ridebdr.com mm-hmm. um or Toratech website i believe uh you can download or stream the video from vimeo and they're working on getting it on Amazon right now. So I think a lot of people on Amazon are out due to the COVID, but we're expecting that to hopefully get uh, get up on Amazon here in the next, say, couple of weeks. I, I, I did want to add, um, if some listeners are interested in riding a backcountry discovery yeah. route, they want to go do you know a seven, six, seven, eight-day adventure ride, And this is, you know, intriguing and they're interested in this, but maybe they have a sport bike, you know, and I obviously we wouldn't recommend we were talking about that earlier. Well, you know, there's some bikes you want to take on this ride and maybe some bikes you don't. Um, They are, BDR is having a contest right now where you can win a KTM 790. Yep. So you mean one one of them toys? Yeah. (laughs) I don't care if you sat on one of them. That's like a fucking scalpel. Those things are sweet. It's how a badass bike. <laughs> it is a sweet bike, and you can like Mike Lafferty. Um, and the bike, it's it's very unique. It has a, a special a BDR um, graphics kit. I think it comes with a Tortec uh, modular helmet. Um, but you can go to uh, win KTM790.com, mm-hmm. and they're going to draw a winner in July. So mm-hmm. you could go ride to any BDR. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, I'm entering. And, and <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Did we mention that the film is available for uh, rent on Vimeo right now? Yeah, uh, yes. It's yeah, yeah. So any BDR. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So BDR, it is a really cool thing. Uh, being able to go out there and do this kind of writing and have these adventures. 
and watch the film because now you'll know about the bear story. <laughs> you're you're um, crazy. <clears throat> I have a quick question for Jocelyn. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so you're going to uh, go out on a BDR. Is this something that, uh, you, you go camping on? And I saw a little bit of camping and setting up tents on, on the movie. Um, what is camping like? Uh, I've only done West coast BDR. So what is camping like on the, on the Northeast BDR? Can you stay out on the trail camp for days before you go into town for supplies or what do you have to get permits? Um, when you are downloading your your tracks and stuff from BDR, can you can you also uh, get permits for camping uh, for the the seven states that you're going through? Um, how does that yeah, work? Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question. So if you go to Ride BDR, uh, then they have a page for the NE BDR, the Northeast BDR, and if you okay. go to that, you can click on route updates. So you'll have a real time pretty much route updates if there's closures there's a washout a campground's closed maybe you need a hotel or hotels closed and that will help you help plan your route um there's the camping i think on the east coast it's very similar to it is here and of course depending on when you go and the weather yeah um as far as permits it's very similar to it is here um but we should actually know you brought up something that made me think uh when you go through maine you you do need to have a sticker uh in order to do section seven and eight and that there's a link for that on the any bdr uh, site on the ride bdr site um and i believe it's 70 dollars, and that gets you your sticker to go on the atv trails up through there so it's like an off-road sticker off-road right pass. it's an off-road okay, cool. pass but uh, the routes are designed to go through small towns, and you can make a decision. Do you, do you want to camp or do you want to take a hotel? It's completely up to you. There's enough options there. You can get supplies in town, and they let you know. And the, the Butler map makes a point to say, you know, this is kind of your last town, your last chance before okay. you're going to get a little bit further out into the wilderness. Um so I could do some uh, I could do some bed and breakfast, or I could go rugged and do some camping. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So I would uh, recommend you get on the website now. BDR is a nonprofit organization, and they make their money through supporters through donations. And so one thing you could do is you could become a supporter or a volunteer or an ambassador um, because every year they have a fundraiser. But guess what happened? This year's fundraiser got canceled. And so they, yeah, they really, they really need our help to continue doing this for us. And this is their 10 years, 10 routes, and it's a total of about 10,000 miles that they've put together and they take care of so that we can continue to ride these routes. Awesome. So Jocelyn, you want to give away some free stuff? I do. Actually. Let's give away some free stuff, right? This is good. So you have a couple copies of the NEBDR film to give away. And I've got just the thing. I think I know how to choose winners. So if you listeners would like to win one of these copies, it will be given away too. All you have to do is email me at RecycleMotorcycleGarage at gmail.com. And one simple thing has to be included in the email. 
What was Jocelyn's GS trophy number? Oh, wow. Ooh, that's a good okay. one. A little bit of research. You can find the number. Instagram. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. O-T-E-L-I-N-S-N-O-W. <laughs> First two people to email me with her GS trophy number, you're going to get a copy of this film. I'm emailing you right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we will pick them out next week, and uh, we'll announce the winners next week. Um, hey, while we're on a roll, you want to help us give away some more free stuff? Yeah. So, every week we've been doing this. Do you know what this is I'm holding up here, Jocelyn? Oh, my gosh. Is that like an Evil Knievel stunt cycle? Yes, it yeah. is. Super I cool. I love Evil Knievel. He's yes. Awesome. Well, guess what? <laughs> these are these are a new, uh, they're repops from the original oh. molds. They just came out last month. Very and cool. they're being made again. And uh, I bought a whole bunch to give away. Awesome. So every week we're giving away one of these. And I have here... 13 names on my notepad and they are all numbered jocelyn all i need you to do is pick a number between one and 13 and whoever you pick is going to get a free ek stunt cycle okay i've got a number okay and i'm going to tell you why i'm going to pick this number okay so i'm going to pick the number five because the bdr has five missions to create inspire educate impact and advocate when you go to the bdr website you will see that so lucky number five liza well congratulations rob thornton you are Woo! this week's winner oh, right on rob, well done, rob. <laughs> yeah did you but i did you watch the video i sent you by any chance you sent me a video i sent you a video it's uh, Jim and I playing with our Evil Knievel stunt cycle. No, I have not seen this. Oh, yes, I yes. You're going to have this. to watch it. It's, it's quite fun. I need to fun. see this. So, um, Liza, do you think it's appropriate for us to give away another one? If we oh, try yes, but I forgot to say what the answer to the question was. That oh, yeah. everyone. So the, the question last week was, what was the name of the actor who who evil Knievel held a gun to his head and forced him to read from a script. The answer was George Hamilton. Yes, Horowitz. No. no. George, <laughs> George Hamilton. Hamilton. <clears throat> yeah. Who played evil Knievel in a movie. Right. So that's the answer, George Hamilton. So thank you for everyone who played, but we're going to do it again. We're going to keep going because I bought way too many of these. Right. So <laughs> Emma has a question for this week and same thing everyone will email us at recycle motorcycle garage at gmail.com with the answer everyone who answers correctly is entered to win emma what is this week's question well um evil made his name jumping over buses i mean he jumped over a lot of things but if you want to talk about a trademark evil can evil jump it was always over parked buses now um he only did it once in England. In 1975, he did a jump at Wembley Stadium, and ultimately he didn't make the jump, um, and he crashed. And However... We covered this in the Gary Davis interview. We did indeed. Mm -hmm. However, 
what I am looking for is how many buses did Evil Knievel jump? And make no mistake, he cleared the buses, he crashed on the ramp on the way down. So he, he jumped them. So how many buses did he clear at the Wembley Stadium jump of May 1975? There you go. I got another question. How many men did he jump in the back of bars? <laughs> that guy's a brawler. He was a He's brawler. a brawler. Yeah. So um, for writing something like the BDR, uh, it does take some skill. And um, if it's all, if it's at all possible, I suggest taking some sort of a class or lessons just to learn the basic skills. And Jocelyn, you've been working on something special that does just this thing. So what have you been working on? Well, Liza, one of the things that I do to sharpen my skills before I head out on a big ride is I practice. I practice riding. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing really prepares you better for riding off-road than riding off-road. So um, some people know in my backyard I have a 15 acres uh, and I have a challenge course. And so with with the COVID, the lockdown, I, I feel like a lot of people are home and I'm, I'm seeing posts online where some folks are saying that they're bored. And I thought, wow, bored. I don't even know what bored is feels like. <laughs> and so I thought, well, what a neat thing to do. How about I start a YouTube series on how to build your own challenge course? So my first series launched on Saturday. Uh, and basically I covered a couple of objects that they can build i tell them you know how to build them how to ride them and how that they can simulate real life and real real riding and better prepare them um for well, adventure and not just that you say how to get stuff for free yeah how to get stuff for free let's add that in <laughs> and so, how, how to get telephone poles delivered to your house yeah you'll have to watch it yeah, so it's um the YouTube series is how to build your own challenge course mm-hmm. on a shoestring budget, and uh, it's under my YouTube under Jocelyn Snow, and we're filming now uh, episode two, which is gonna tell you how to get some free sand <laughs> <laughs> and some rocks and how to build a teeter totter. Does it does it involve Miss Emma going to the purse with uh, going to the beach with her purse and a little little shovel <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually it's funny you should say that because in episode two one of the uh, one of the objects is called fun at the beach so, yeah <laughs> there you go um and i have to say it kind of intimidates me watching this course that you're setting up because i know one of these days i'm going to be there and I'm going to have to do these things. And riding down the length of four telephone poles on the ground looks frightening. Uh, you're going to be fine. I wouldn't worry about the telephone poles. I'd be more concerned about the cars that you have to ride over. Than <laughs> <laughs> um, the cars. Yeah, did you hear that, Jim? Yeah. Cars. Yeah. I've seen, I know I saw, we've talked about this before. I've seen the cars, Liza. I look forward to you riding over the cars. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we have three cars. We have one blue Solo, which has been modified recently. Um, and we have a double-decker. So we have two cars together. Uh, but then also, 
the tractor tires. The tractor tires are pretty intimidating. Um, we've got Grave Digger. That's a, that's a good one for you. You <laughs> so, said oh, Grave Digger? Can yeah. you repeat Grave Digger? Why is it you do that first? I'll watch. As long as you do the sand pit first. All right, deal. All if right. there's mud, we're going to do rock, paper, paper scissors. <laughs> rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> and uh, we have a roller coaster that you ride. What? Oh. Yeah. Oh. I didn't tell you. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> yeah. No, it, it, it's really cool what you're doing there um, that, you know, building this course and it's slow precision riding and i really enjoyed the video and seeing some of the guys who are out there um there was one person riding two up and then there's somebody riding like on their side peg completely on the side of the bike yeah almost coming to a complete stop while riding on the side i'm like what Yes, and you can do that. It just takes some practice. So um, I, I really I want people to be able to practice and get on their bikes and, and ride and, and make some obstacles. So that's uh, that's what this is all about. And uh, try to inspire people to get on their bikes and get ready to get out there and ride a BDR. <laughs> Liza, it's nothing but time, money, and health insurance. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. So is there anything else you have coming up that you want to share with everyone? So you talked about you're going to do another BDR. I guess yes. everything's on hold right now. It is. Um, it's funny. I, I had this whole year was booked out solid through November yeah. uh, with events and they've been canceled. Uh, so now I, I guess I just want to make sure that everybody stays safe and keeps having fun and stays positive. Um, and I am looking forward to the next BDR, which will be Wyoming. But if it's not this year, then guess what? We'll have more time to make it even better for the following year. Well, and like we said on a previous show, Jim and I are planning to do our summer trip. Um, we're doing a COVID safe travel, uh, renting a, an RV and taking the dirt bikes on the trailer and going to different wow. states and doing riding in different states. Oh, that's good. Um, that be way, so fun. we're self contained. You know, we can cook there, we can sleep there, we don't have to deal with people, and we can go to remote places and ride. I think that that's going to be an, you know, an awesome choice for people who want to still have some sort of a trip or adventure, but you don't, you don't want to rely on being around a lot of people. That sounds very cool. Yeah, that does sound cool. So, when are you going? July. July. Well, we better get you on over to the challenge course. I know. <clears throat> I know. And we that, that's why we decided to take the small bikes rather than the big bikes so that um, we can go do these little, you know, one day little trips and then back to the RV. Um, yeah. But I don't know, Jim, maybe if she gives us some training, maybe we'd be better suited to take the big bikes. I think that if she gave us training, we'd be better suited. And um, I would probably still crash in the desert and crush my leg on the big <laughs> yes, bike. That's true. So <laughs> I'll prefer the little bike that will only kind of fracture my leg. But no, I, I, I've seen, I, I totally fanboy on Jocelyn. I follow her on Instagram <laughs> and I saw the setup of the course. Oh my God. And I, I, I'm like Liza. I can't wait to get down there. And kind of shit my pants a little bit. I know. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. You don't even wear pants. <laughs> I know. I wear pants, not underpants sometimes. Oh, okay. But I saw that video of the guy going over the three cars 
and he got about two cars and had some issues and launched off the side. Well, you got to watch the video after that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was quite somber. But no, I, I can't wait to see you. And you, by the way, you have one of the coolest mini bikes ever that you let me ride. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You like the little trail? The that was sweet. Trail? Yeah. yeah. I actually crushed my finger in the uh, clutch and I had a, like a welt on my hand for three months. I thought about you every day. <laughs> nice. That's why. <laughs> nice. Well, I want to do thank you for coming on and sharing this experience. Um, don't forget. If you got want to win one of these copies, go ahead and email me with the answer to the question, what number did she sport in the GS Trophy? And if you want to check out any of the BDR routes yourself, um, I think you'll find a lot of information there, especially if you're not sure if you're capable of doing it, doing it or not. If you have the right bike, reach out to them at ridebdr.com. They're there to answer all your questions. There we go. Another another uh, successful uh, podcast with Jocelyn. Um, again, I want to thank you. And Jared, how did it go? This was your first podcast. Oh, it was awesome. What an experience. I, uh, I can't wait to meet all you guys in person and uh, do some writing and maybe uh, post up on top of your RV. You might not know I'm there. And uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll be the uh, shadow rider or something, you know. But nice. I had a great time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Well, I'll let you guys go. We're going to continue talking about things like tools and <laughs> oh, cool. cool stuff like that. But, um, yeah, thank you very much. I'll let you guys thank go. You. Thank you for having me. And hello to all the listeners. I really appreciate their support. And I can't wait to get down to Santa Cruz and see you guys again real soon. Yes, exactly. You must be so lonely out there on the ranch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks, guys. Bye. There you go. Are you guys? She makes it look so easy. Are you guys? She makes it look so easy. My God. I want. I want to go do the BDR just to see Bagel do it on his scooter. That looks really tempting. I have to say. I want to ride behind Bagel. Yeah. Bagel would crush it on his scooter. He would crush it. (laughs) I would not do the big V and going back up, but uh, but I would do the safer routes probably for sure. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and again, just experience a lot of the towns and stuff. Yeah. Hey, um, I have something I want to share with everyone real quick because this is coming up soon. Um, you guys may have remembered, I, I, I've mentioned this a few times, the AMVETS, the Rolling to Remember Rally, that's yeah. Memorial Day weekend, that's coming up in just uh, two weeks, I believe. So um, for 32 years, there's been a motorcycle demonstration on Memorial Day weekend to raise awareness of the critical issues facing our nation's veterans and demanding action for the 82,000 service members missing in action. On May 24th, the tradition will continue through the Rolling to Remember Challenge. For the first time in ride history, they will also demand action for the 22 veterans who die by suicide each day. But Due to the COVID-19 health crisis and to protect the safety of the riding community, AMVETS is announcing the Rolling to Remember Ride Challenge in conjunction with the Reaver motorcycle app. You guys know this app? R-E-V-E-R. So this challenge empowers individual riders nationwide to ride in their own community and demand action and will track all participation through the Reaver app. By tracking your participation in your local communities, they are hoping to show Congress that this is not just an issue that happens in Washington, D.C. on one day, but rather there is support across the country. In addition, they are asking all Americans to sign their petition, which will be delivered to Congress. 
Uh, the Rolling to Remember Challenge will take place across America on May 24th. They are urging all riders to ride 22 miles in their community to mark the occasion. In addition, they're asking that you only do so in compliance with state and local laws. Uh, this, issue, it, this mission is important, and that's why we must continue the, tra- the tradition, but do so in a way that bears in mind your own personal health and safety. So go to Rolling to Remember dot com and you will find all the info there to be a part of it um it's just unfortunate that this was such a big event that got canceled because of covid but it doesn't mean that they can't still make a mark and that everyone more people now can participate through the reaver app so i think it's really cool they've worked it out so rolling to remember dot com um Last week, we wanted to talk about cool tools because Bagel brought a cool tool into the shop. And uh, there are times when you're like, man, that's a cool tool. You know, it might be something that you made that does just like one little specific thing. Or sometimes, I mean, I'm sure you've encountered this. I've had to buy like a hundred dollar tool just to like pull a flywheel off of the Harley Davidson. It's like a one time use kind of thing. Never use it again. But it's kind of cool that there are these cool tools. Well, Bagel, you brought something to the shop I hadn't seen before. And it's like, whenever I see something I haven't seen, I'm like, ooh, I want that. Yeah. So tell us about your cool tool, man. Yeah. So this was a tool that I bought uh, as part of a a whole lot of uh, parts and tools that came from a uh, mobile Vespa shop that closed down here in the Bay Area. And uh, this was a, uh, a steering bearing installation tool. And what it is, it's basically a very long bolt, probably close to two feet long, um, with uh, threads at both ends. And then there's a whole series of drifts that are, uh, that are, have a hole in the center that are basically on, on this, this, uh, on this bolt and you just pick whichever one is the right size for the bearing race that you want to install. And so it's basically, it's a bunch of discs of different sizes, diameters. Yep. That fit Mm -hmm. onto this bolt. Mm -hmm. And so you, you find the right diameter size, uh, uh, drifts that you want to use to install your, your, uh, steering bearing, uh, races and line those up. Uh, tighten the nuts on the on the uh, the bolt, and that drives the bearings in. And you can use the other drifts as spacers to get you know depending on how long your steering column is. So you can set it up for pretty much any any kind of bike you know, for uh, any size bearing. And you know, what's interesting, Elias, I'll comment is we used a I'll say two things. We used a custom one on my. Uh, we're finally getting back to the Ascot build mm-hmm. to put the races in. And we used a custom-made tool that Liza had built, very similar, a threaded rod mm-hmm. with two aluminum plates on each side. Yep. So we put the races in, then the bearings, push the bearings in to push the races in. But we ran into so much resistance that the homemade tool wasn't going to cut it, so we weren't sure what to do. Mm-hmm. Then we saw your tool, and it was perfect. Awesome. Just like we saw your tool last week, Jim. It was perfect, too. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't describe it as that, Jim. Well, she is a bit unruly. Unruly, uh, yes. Perfect. Used when yeah. roused. So, so do you know what the exact name of this tool is, or where people might find it? Uh, I do not. Um, I believe it is a Piaggio tool. Um, 
I would assume that it is something like steering bearing installation tool or something along those In lines. In Italian. And Emma, do you own this tool? I do. <laughs> I do. But um, I actually got mine from Triumph. Okay. And Triumph have a very similar tool. And they just call it a steering steering stem bearing drift. A drift. Yeah. Oh, yeah, drift, yeah. But unlike, you see, bagels is interchangeable, whereas the Triumph tool is just Triumph steering bed, head, head uh, bearing sized. So it's limited use. Uh, it's limited yeah. use, but nevertheless. Emma, what, what is your coolest tool? So I brought something along, and I've actually got it, got it with me. Um, and, you know, this is my living. I use a lot of cool tools. And this one I actually used while I was working on Jim's bike. So um, I'm going to hold it up to the camera. Right. right. There. Yeah, I know. And what it actually looks like, because I know we're doing this on video mm -hmm. now, but a lot of people are still just listening. You can find that on a 1974 Pinto. Right, exactly. <laughs> this actually looks like a manual car antenna. Yep. Like the old ones that you pull up and down. But it's in like two-thirds scale. And at the end of it is a very powerful little magnet. So that is how you cast your spells? Exactly. So I bippity-boppity-boo. Expelleronymous um, or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> this tool is, I use this tool every day at the yep. shop for various things. I mean, I've got quite bad arthritis in my hands so i frequently drop nuts and bolts sometimes in the engine mm -hmm. and if i do i reach down with my little magnet tool and pluck them out again and make no mistake this magnet is tiny it is the size of the end of a pencil but it's it's quite a powerful magnet and i can demonstrate how powerful it is it will pick up Whoa. a crate knife by the blade. <laughs> so if you drop anything... I got one of those in my tool bag. Right. If you drop anything steel, this is, this little bad boy is going to pick it up. Now, the reason I used it on gyms, I wasn't dropping things in gyms, but where I use this for servicing is um, most motorcycles now have bucket and shim mm -hmm. valve clearances. And you pull out the cams, you lift out the buckets, and the shims sit in a recess on top of the valves. And they're really fiddly to get out because they're kind of flush, and you've got to try and flick them out. And if you flick them out, they go down the cam chain tunnel. It's a nightmare. Mm. So what I do is I'll take the bucket off, and then I'll just bunk. I'll grab them with a magnet, pull them out, and they're secure on the magnet. I reach off, read the shim, figure out which new shim I want, put it back, put the new one back on the magnet and put it in place and then kind of drag the magnet to the side so the shim stays put. Um, Jim's got a 20-valve engine, and I used that 20 times on his engine. <laughs> Bless you. Nice. Um, and in fact, you were talking about making tools earlier. Mm -hmm. The very first tool I ever made was a magnet on a stick because I dropped one of the shims for my valve rocker on my Heinkel when I was first building the engine right down the uh, pushrod. No, it, this is a wonderful tool. And the best thing, I actually, 
I kind of half cheated with this because I bought this, but I did modify it. I actually pulled the OEM mag magnet out and put a very powerful one in its place. So you actually did pull that off of a Pinto? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> they, I mean, this owes me about $3. So, I mean, I've got tools in my toolbox that I paid $500 for. So I'm talking about a $3 tool today, but I love it. I use this thing every day. And on the same token, one of the actual hand tools I use the most is a very, very long set of needle nose pliers. Mm -hmm. And they're just my go-to tools. They're great. You cannot beat long needle nose pliers. So I'd like to share one of my favorite tools in the shop. In fact, I have a few of them. And it's one of those things that um, not only makes the job easier, but once you use it, you're never going to use the old method. And this is bleeding brakes. Uh, for anyone who's bled brakes, um, you're used to the old pump, 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 open, pump, 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 open. You got a reservoir. And then you usually step up and you get one of those uh, vacuum pumps. Right, so right, that right. So a single person and you just hook it up down and you're just pump the fluid through. Um, but I always find it still, there's fluid everywhere. It's a mess. The Motion Pro little check valve, it's a little bleeder. It's a tiny little thing, the size of a AAA battery maybe, right? And it, you, it's got hose coming out each end, and you put that onto your, your bleeder valve and open it, and then you just start pumping from the top. It makes it so right. simple. And it's cleaner and easier, and it's a cheap little tool, but I, I'll never go back. It's the you know, easiest thing I in the world. I want to shout out to the guys at Motion Pro because they're right here in California. They're just up the road from us. Hmm. Um, and they're bikers, they're engineers. They love stuff like this. And I will actually give you a tip with Motion Pro. Yeah. If the tool isn't blue, it's not the final form of the tool. Generally, they start off gold and then they go black. And when they get to the final uh, derivative of the tool mm -hmm. and they can't make it any better, then they make it blue. Mm. So if you buy a Motion Pro tool and it's blue, that's as good as they're going to get it. Uh, Jim's showing off his uh, blue Motion Pro. And I guarantee you, bag. before that came along, there was a black one and a gold one. This is a $95 pressure gauge. See, I have one. It's chartreuse. Which version was that? I think Is, I'm it, is it Cantonese or is that the... <laughs> yeah, that's the province yeah. was that from Wuhan? <laughs> that's the, the Banggood Motion Pro. Not affiliated with a California company. I know, Jim, you were so happy with your, your pressure gauge about... You know, it's funny. Oh, so, man. like, you think about what's one of the most important things on a daily basis about your motorcycle, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Job is, it's tire pressure, right? Sure. And uh, it was funny. I had a good German gauge, I thought, before, and it was four pounds off. So, right. it just goes to show, like, how much I think... It, so, if I'm going to spend a little bit of dough for a lifetime gauge... I don't mind, you know, to make sure. It's and, right. you know, it always makes me smile. We we get, not so much now at the independent shop, but back at the big dealership, we'd get some of these young guys come in and they have spent a fortune on suspension upgrades and tire upgrades and 
you know, all these upgrades for their bike and their tires are at 20 PSI. And so it's like you've spent all this money to make your bike handle better and you're not checking your tire pressures. Because make no mistake, and I've preached this so many times before, nothing will make your bike go down the road like a three-legged horse more than soft tires. Nothing has a dr more drastic effect on the handling of your yeah. bike. Do you remember yeah, do you remember when we you guys interviewed Jim Cycles and he said that um, like I don't know what number he said, but he's like you don't understand how many people come in and they say they swear up and down there's something wrong with their bike and he has right. to fix it mm -hmm. and it's so like they don't know you know and like he'll be so happy if he does and they'll leave and he'll first thing he does is check the tire pressure he'll pump it up and everything else seems fine on the bike he'll do back pressure be like oh my god it's like a brand new bike I right. used such a great mechanic check the tires first. You know, exactly that, that, that magnet that you have, I have one of those too. I've had one of those for years and I use it all the time. Yeah, they're wonderful. Work. But I also, there's another uh, tool that kind of coincides with that one. Um, that is basically, it looks like a flexible, something about 18 inches, corrugated, flexible piece of metal syringe. And at the end of it is a tiny little claw that opens up, like kind of looks oh, like yeah, a claw yeah. at the, yeah. And, and that that would you know I mean obviously it something's a little different but that I have both of those and I use them all the time. I also have a little tiny mirror that swivels that I can put in place mm -hmm. to check stuff. Yeah. So, I, I use both of those working on stuff too. My my favorite tool that I own and this is stupid because it's not exotic or anything like that. Um, but having this tool makes such a difference to me is the. Um, the uh, the thing to remove cotter pins or or uh, what do you call those steep pins with the little uh, two holes oh. in it looks like a horseshoe. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. A snap ring plier. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, oh, yeah. Listen, let me tell you something. Because you know how many times I've seen people they just take like two like flatheads and kind of pry it apart and get it off and then it doesn't go back. And I've done the same thing and then trying to slip it back on. And and I was like, you know, fuck this. I just bought the tool and the tool comes with a bunch of different uh, mm -hmm. tips that you could change out size ones. And I mean, I, I every time I, I run into one, I'm like, oh shit! I have I have the tool for this. This mm -hmm. is freaking awesome. Yeah. Pop it off, pop it back on. And my second favorite tool that I have is a very hot, very good solder gun. Yeah, I think it's super important. You know, I think if you go and you buy a cheap one, and you're like, oh, I just want to go do some solder, you're gonna be sitting there for a long time, and stuff's gonna not do what you want. And um, you know, and especially after working on that M unit, I mean, like, man. What a difference having a very hot solder gun that works every single time. You just zip through your wire. There you go. Cool tools, man. Yep. That's, that's a new that's segment we got. Hey, uh, quick announcement um, for those who can watch the video. I'm wearing my new Motorcycles and Misfits podcast t-shirt. As I mentioned last week, I have a limited, uh, limited uh, stock left. I've now sold out of... Well, everything but large and extra large. Sold out the, the big sizes, sold out. And I've only got a, like a few extra large, so not many left. If you would like to get one of these shirts, uh, it's as easy as send a PayPal to RecycleMotorcycleGarage at gmail.com for 25 bucks in the U.S. I will ship it to you. If you're outside of the U.S., send me an email with your 
address and I will tell you how much it is. It's tr- it's 20 bucks plus shipping. Uh, that simple. So there's not many left. And I'm even going to throw out a super sweet deal this week. I have a few of last year's uh, the black shirt with the um, black, white, and red you know writing. And I've got a few extra larges. I'll sell them for 10 bucks. It's that simple. So if you want to get one of those, let me know. Um, if you want to get two shirts, you know, the new one and the old one, it's 30 bucks. Uh, no, sorry, 35 bucks. And I will ship it to you, both of them. So recycle motorcycle garage at gmail.com and get some shirts. Hey guys, I've got um, one email to read, but it's a, it's a good one and it brings up a good question. Um, so I, I wanted to save a little time to answer this question. This one is from Brandon in North Carolina. He hey, says, Brandon. He says, huzzah, motherfuckers. Huzzah, what? <laughs> I, yeah, fuck knock. <laughs> he did say also fuck knock. Um, <laughs> he says he's looking at getting a dual sport soon and has been debating with himself about how to buy it. What he means is, should he support a local dealership and manufacturer by buying from them? Or... Should he support a fellow rider by buying it off of Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace? He says, I am lucky enough to afford either right now, but want to use this opportunity to make the best impact that I can. Everyone needs help. There are a lot of people selling bikes. There's a lot of good deals. We were looking at some great deals today on on Facebook Marketplace and on Craigslist because people are out of work. They need money. But then also we need to support the industry because there's a lot of dealers sitting on inventory, no one buying. So, Emma, what do you think? If he wants a dual sport, which way should he go? Why privately? Because, and the reason I say by privately... dealerships are hurting right now. The bigger the dealership, the harder they're hurting. Would buying one motorcycle make a difference? Probably not. But to somebody who's been employed in the restaurant business, in a hobby store, in a business that's been closed down, Jim looks like he's on fire. (laughs) What are you doing, Jim? Um, (laughs) But to somebody who basically hasn't worked in the last few weeks and you buy their bike, you have the, you have the ability to change their life by privately, but buy the bike you want. I think it's incredibly noble that you're thinking this way. It's a wonderful thing, but the best bike for you is the one that resonates with you. And that could be at a dealership, or with a private sale. So I'm going to add, because, you know, as you pointed out, you can go either way and you're helping somebody. Right. I'm going to say find the best deal. There are a lot of deals right now, and anyone who's got a deal out there, be it a dealership or be it a private seller, if they're offering a good deal, it's because they are they need it. They need that money. Here's now. what I'll right. say is I, I think he has good karma. So, dude, you got good karma. You're being thoughtful about it. Make a decision that's best for you and your family without taking advantage of someone else. Right, exactly. Know price range, know what kind of riding you want to do, buy the bike that works for you and your family and the riding you want to do, and everyone else will benefit and feel good about it. Right. And, you know, this is something I've preached for a long, long time. Is I've 
taken misfits with me to help them buy bikes. And everybody knows that I am a tough negotiator. Mm -hmm. I will go and I will point out the flaws on a bike in order to adjust the price. But I don't want to gouge anybody. The important thing is I want the bike for a fair price. Mm -hmm. And that means a fair price for the seller because I don't want anybody starting off their motorcycling journey on the bike knowing they took advantage of somebody else. It's it's not a good place to start your, your, your career with that bike. So if there are things wrong with the bike, by all means, point them out, adjust them because it's going to cost you money. Yeah, and then but, get the Husqvarna 701. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but you know, yeah, taking advantage of somebody um, just because times are hard and basically gouging somebody, that's not a great place to start. Actually, I've got a solution. It's a win-win for everybody. I think so. Buy, yeah. buy two bikes. There you go. There you go. Buy two bikes. I mean, that is the misfit way, right? And plus two. And plus two, exactly. Uh, um, why not? I mean, be, I again, because there are a lot of deals out there, you might be able to get two different bikes and have them slightly different. So you're looking, he's looking for a, like, enduro or adventure. I mean, I've got three. I've got a 250, 650, right. and a 1,000 because they're all different. So maybe you get two because you can get two different bikes that will be used for different things. But isn't it interesting when we when we factor in the dealership that we'll use John Dalton as an example. He just got himself a great SV650, a Gen 2X SV650, far cheaper than any example that he found on Craigslist from the local BMW dealer. Wait, it wasn't an SV650. Uh, not an SV. Uh, um, it's a V-Strom. Uh, DL. Yeah, V-Strom. Yeah, V-Strom. Oh. Um, from the local BMW dealer, because it had been traded in, it's a BMW dealer, they just want it gone. Yeah. So he's got a great deal. I was looking at a bike today. Was it the, it was the BMW K-Bike, K the touring bike. Yes. Ooh, nice. At a car dealership. At a car dealership for like, what was it, 3700 Beautiful. Or a K eleven hundred LT, I think. Or it was, uh, I don't fifty five. Like I think not. A, yeah, well, twenty thousand is really low for. One I know of these it's super bikes. low. I have no use for it, but I was very tempted just because I'm like, wow, that's a lot of bike. For well, that the other price. scary thing because we like to buy motorcycles so much is you can borrow money for free now. Yeah. Mm. So do it. Do it. Do it. I'm trying to figure out how many um, how many cans of oil I can get into my my bike shed. Oh yes, buy a couple of drums of oil. Yes, how many drums? Yeah, yes. race fuel. We should be buying race fuel. So, um, you guys, we're wrapping up. We're now how many? We're what eight weeks? Eight weeks into this. Do you guys feel like you're getting better at this? Are you getting used to it? Heck yeah. Starting to. We we're getting better at it, but I'm not used to it. I don't think we should get used mm -hmm. to it. I mean, we yeah. should focus on the lives we're gonna have when this is all over. We're gonna stay safe, but um yeah. you I know, I'm I'm looking forward to the day when 
like everyone, when things are back to some kind of normal again, and you know, I can I can ride, I can go riding with my friends again. Yeah, and this was our second week having the garage open, and we had a few people come by. I mean, all of you were were here at some point today. We're we're having people come by to say hi. Everyone is being completely, you know, um, aware of the space. Um, everyone's bringing their masks, and there were a few people who came and worked on their bikes. So it's nice to have that back up and running too. But Emma, it was a little slow for you, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yes. I um, <laughs> I took a little nap in the afternoon, and um, unfortunately, every time I take a nap, I guarantee Liza will find me with the camera, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I just hear yeah. this click. I was gonna say goodbye, but uh, you're sleeping, and she starts screaming your name, and I was like, "That's nah, cool. I'll just say I'll see her later." Right. Oh, well, you see, thank you, Mike. Thank you for always thinking of me. You know, Liza, Liza spends a lot of time. Yeah. Emma, Emma. (laughs) It's just easier to shout. Hey, good news. Yes. Our website is back up. Yeah. I mean, well, new and improved. The website was lost, but we've got motorcyclesandmisfits.com back up and running there's kind of a a holding page because now i have to learn how to build a website apparently it's not that it's not that easy for me it's it's not that intuitive it's not like tearing apart a four-cylinder engine yeah there's a few parts that's easy the website uh, but um hey at least it's there and i'm gonna work on building that up and uh, making it better but yay we we got that up and running, and then Emma, uh, we announced something today. Are we going to talk about this yet? Yes, yeah. Let's talk about that. Uh, um, just just real quick, um, I put a post up on our Facebook page, a uh, little video calling out for people to send us uh, questions and ideas and submissions because Emma and I are starting a YouTube channel called Emma. Misfits and motorcycles. <laughs> there you go. Well, well, creative, differently, huh? but it's M I S S. Misfits because it's M and I, and this is just going to be another way to help people out. Uh, we'll do some history holes. We'll do some ask Miss Emma. We'll do some shop talk, different stuff. A little short, little segments. But I think um, there's a lot of stuff going on on YouTube, and it's just another outlet for us to share the gift of Emma. Right, and you know, it's, it's my intent, and I was thinking about it a little after we. Um, if, if you go on to our Facebook page, you'll see basically the introduction and the prototype for it that we recorded today, and it's very, very short. But after we did that, I thought it'd be nice if I get some exotic bikes and basically bring an exotic bike mm-hmm. like that 1936 Rudge that I came to. Show and tell. And do a show and tell and actually like it. Get people around the bikes, show them the features of the bike and maybe do some GoPro footage of actually being on the bike and riding it down Washington Street. I like kind of it. That's a bumpy road. I wouldn't do that one. Remember? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, <laughs> unless you've got a really good gimbal. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's just another thing we can do. We can do history holes and we can do Ask Miss Emma and dismantling shit in front of the camera. You know, it's really endless. But 
as with think, anything YouTube, it's only going to be as good as the people who actually watch it. Mm -hmm. So, um, what about doing like tech tips? Like, yeah, yeah, all all that. like let's pull a carb apart. This is what this is. This mm -hmm. is what that is. And stuff. I'm stoked yeah. that you guys are doing uh, the this stuff and the, the content because when I was doing a lot more of the videos, it was the same kind of purpose was to provide right more you know content to everybody who mm -hmm. listens and stuff but i think that what you're doing is a little more fruitful than what i was doing so and i think it's a it's a really great way to to spread you know especially like you say with the coronavirus and all this other shit a lot of people stuck in places people who listen you know they right. not only get to connect with this you know via seeing because it's a great connection but also learning more exactly you know when I, I can wear some fun outfits as well and make it all worthwhile Just uh, my only request is that you wear pants. Me? Yes. <laughs> I'm still scarred by Jim last week. I'm I would like to say that I, my ass is awesome, by the way. And you didn't even ask me what my favorite tool was. You just used me for my ass. You didn't care what my tool was. Coincidentally, there was a full moon last night. And it <laughs> wasn't tool. as bright as your ass cheeks. Oh, what? oh Jim. My tool, oh, my tool is yes. a quarter-inch breaker bar mm -hmm. so it's a quarter inch breaker bar i think emma can appreciate this it's so simple like take a dirt biking so it's just a quarter inch breaker bar with a eight millimeter and a 10 millimeter and a 12 yeah. and 14 millimeter socket and it so saves me like two pounds of tools oh yeah you know what that reminds me i've got a really cool tool um that actually is not motorcycle related but it's for a bicycle it's a bicycle multi-tool that basically has all that stuff that Jim has on it. And it's basically like a Swiss army knife, but you pull it out and it's got like a, a, all the metric stuff on it too. The Allen wrenches, the sockets, the attachments for it. And I could throw that in, in uh, my dirt bike and pretty much pull off all the right. plastics and stuff like that. And, and it definitely eliminates like a bunch of shit, you know, but I, I would say it's not, you can't really wrench on it like crazy because you might break something, but for the most part, I mean, it can get you by and, you could pack more tools in. So with that. tell you what, if you out there have a cool tool you want to share with us so that we'll read your email and share it with everyone else, let us know. Recycle Motorcycle Garage at gmail.com. Send us your cool tool so we can share it with everyone else. We're not talking about your family maker either. No, no. Well, maybe. But they'll well, go. Uh, I'll just forward those to Emma. I'll take that yeah. as a challenge. Yeah, if you, family, if you, if you can, can you describe Michael. it in length? Who yeah. can? <laughs> nice. So I think we're ready to get out of here. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you to our Patreon supporters. I hope you guys are all getting those T-shirts in the mail. If you do, please uh, take a picture and share it on our Recycle Facebook page. We'd love to see that. Uh, uh, I've been getting some some browsers. pictures. And we're please wear trousers. That's a given. Oh, I might be getting a garage. <gasps> hey, all right. Yeah, I can't wait for that party. Yeah, I'll let you know next week more Barbecue. details to come. Nice. So thank you, everyone, for listening. And big thanks to Jocelyn Snow for coming on and sharing her story. She got She's always up to something really cool, right? right. She's cool as, like, my gosh. <gasps> I know, I know. So, um, hey, until next week, I guess, when we get to see each other again, right? Right. But, all right. So on that note, thanks, everyone. This is Liza. Emma Darling. Bagel. Mike. Naked Jim, son. And we're out of here. Cool, cool. Cool, cool. cool.